Welcome to the I Am Somebody podcast. This is a collaborative project between Focus Recovering Wellness Community, NAMI Hancock County, LGBTQ Plus Spectrum of Finley, and other volunteers. In this podcast, we hear recovery stories from people who suffer from mental health conditions, substance use, and trauma. We also hear from service providers, family members, and other community supporters of recovery. The subject matter of this podcast may be difficult for some listeners. The views and opinions expressed on the I and Somebody podcast are those of individuals being recorded and do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of the partnering agencies. Stick around after the podcast for information on local and national resources for mental health, substance use, and trauma services. I am somebody. 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 I am Laura, and I am somebody. Hey, everybody. This is Stacy with the I Am Somebody podcast. Today, I have my special co-host, Amanda, joining me. Howdy, partners. Howdy. <laughs> Today, we have uh, Laura with us. Laura, how are you doing? I'm well. Happy to be here. Thank you. It's awesome. We're glad to have you. Yes, we are. So um, just to start us off, um, just give us a very brief, you know, couple sentences about what we're going to cover today. Yeah. So um, in my personal mental health journey, I struggled with, um, you know, similar things to a lot of people, addiction, self-harm, depression that I just couldn't figure out. Um, And for me, that's kind of come full circle in really finding out who I am um, at the core of myself, which is a queer neurodivergent person. Um, And So those are some key parts of my mental health balance for me, um, those discoveries. And we can kind of talk about um, what happens along the way of that journey here today. Well, I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you. Yes. So you can start us off wherever you would like. Sure. Um, So I I struggled for a lot of my life. with depression, anxiety, um, and, you know, as one does, you find ways to cope with that and manage, um, and a lot of times those are unhealthy unless you have people who are modeling better behaviors for you, um, or, you know, even, um, just having people aware that you're struggling. Um, when I was younger, mental health wasn't a conversation, um, it was like, oh, you're, you know, problematic and angsty. Like, what's what's your deal? <laughs> why, are, why are you like that? That's unpleasant. You're bothering me. Um, which leads to a lot of people-pleasing behaviors, too, and, like, silent and dangerous coping mechanisms, um, which for me was largely drinking, um, drug use, and... Um, like control, self-harm things with myself, eating disorders, and um, just generally risky behavior where I was at least in control of the chaos in my life. If I was going to feel that way, I was like, well, I might as well be in in charge of how awful I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that, that was a struggle for Many years, I did have some therapy um, as a teenager when my parents just got really fed up with my shit, Um, but it wasn't really a place where I felt super safe 
discussing everything. And I, to be honest, I didn't really understand all of it, you know, what I was feeling and how to articulate it. Um, and a, as an adult, after lots of introspection and therapy, um, I became aware that I had some really early childhood trauma, um, which basically, you know, hijacks your nervous system from an, an early age. And um, you can have these patterns that you don't understand because you you actually block out the traumatic things that happen to you. So like you can it cannot be cognizant to you, but you're carrying this awful weight and pain that you just don't understand. So um, as an adult, I've been working through getting um, getting in touch with those parts of me and being able to kind of heal them, you know, release them, process them, I guess. A, a lot of the pain was due to trauma, but then the other portions of it, um, things like not not feeling like I fit in, always feeling very much like an outsider, which, you know, I, as a teen, I found the, you know, the troublemakers, the weird, you know, I was an art kid, I am still, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the quirky people, and that just so happened to be like, you know, the stoners and stuff like that in, in high school, and the people who um, probably also carried similar pain, and we didn't really realize it, but that was a common bond, was that we we all had a, a hurt in us, and we found ways to, you know, kind of lean lean into that in some ways I guess like causing like I said before causing chaos in your world in a way that felt as though you had your hand on it you know um which I mean I was thankful for the friendships but we were all not being very safe or careful with ourselves um but a lot of that feeling of um just being almost like an alien person you know like I'm not like these humans like why how do they just go about their day and not feel uh like a square peg in a round hole you know and realizing now like as a 36 year old woman I was diagnosed with autism and it made so much sense (laughs) like (laughs) it's like oh dang okay um and then also like part of that equation for me was over the last maybe like five six years realizing how very queer I am and that that was something that I was carrying that I you know I didn't have a voice for um I was born in 86 and like growing up in that time frame in the 90s like gay wasn't a thing or it was like you know a just a little trope in a TV show like I remember like Will and Grace and I was like that's the first (laughs) like gay people on TV I ever saw um and yeah like getting to put those pieces together now is like oh no wonder I felt so off I wasn't being authentic and um I think that's something we really need to talk about is a lot of the pain that we carry for trying to put ourselves into a mold for somebody else or trying to um you know please other people which are things we learn early um you know parental figures, teachers, what have you, like there's a role that people want you to fill for them. Um, and it can be challenging to say like, you know, that's just not, that's just not who I am. Um, 
And I, some of that's probably just growing up, period. Like, nobody really knows who they are from the beginning, I think. And uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to get to learn that um, and a total game changer for sure. It doesn't make the mental health problems go away, um, but it does make things make sense and adds a definite ease to that. Um, but there's still other work that needs to be done, you know. But those, I think those are huge. And so I, I love seeing um, in our, our community these days the openness and the representation for such diverse groups of people. I love that we have, you know, Spectrum here. We have places like The Loft um, where people can see that it's normal to, to be different different you know we're all diverse and it's it's great I mean we're not a hundred percent where we need to be with like um, rights for queer folks and and other marginalized people but we've come a long fucking way and I can see that in our our children um, these days that like oh cool they get to be raised in a place where that's a possibility and it's, it's exciting so I love that you said that you know knowing all these things about yourself didn't make, you know, anything go away, mm -hmm. but it eased it. Mm -hmm. I think so much, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think more people have, you know, childhood trauma than probably don't. I agree. And being able to know, I mean, I know for me personally too, it's like, I didn't need, and I didn't need answers of how to fix things. I just needed to know why they were the way they were. Yeah, it brings so. an ease to things if you're like, oh, this makes sense. And that could also be part of me, like, as an autistic person, I really like to know why. I like to do research. And mm -hmm. so, like, it's been a weirdly fun adventure of, like, <laughs> oh, cool, so that's why I feel this way. Um, which I think is a good way to kind of step into um, talking about, like, some of the things that have helped me um, with my, my own healing is – that I have learned a lot of my pain and trauma has been carried in my physical self. I I definitely love therapy. I am all into the mental aspect, but I have become aware of how much trauma we carry in our our physical bodies. Um, I I did struggle with chronic pain, um, lots of health problems as an adult, which definitely didn't help my addiction problems, you know, led to um, cycling back to like opiate use and things like that, pills that were being used inappropriately, all of that. And I was like, hmm, this makes my body and my brain feel nothing. And that's kind of nice, but um, it just blankets things. So I, I became really passionate in my own journey to being sober um, into a lot of like you know, spiritual work and um, just like self self care, giving myself the love that I didn't know how to to have. You know, I didn't even know how to receive it from other people, so I had to teach myself how to take care of me. Um, and surprisingly, like if you take care of your brain and body, you feel a lot better. <laughs> um, right? It's like, wow. You mean if I do the things I'm supposed to do? to take care of myself it balances my brain chemicals and I feel nice that's cool <laughs> um but I um 
I don't know if you guys are familiar uh, with The Body Keeps the Score, the book by Bessel van der Kolk. It's, um, a, he was a psychologist that studied trauma. He actually had a lot to do with coming up with the diagnosis of PTSD, which is something I also have. Um, and it was studies on like healing it through psychological methods only, such as therapy, medication. Um, people with PTSD and complex PTSD weren't able to get over the hump of carrying what they were carrying with those treatments alone. And when they started adding in things like yoga, breath work, um, body work, you know, massage, Reiki, things like that, these people were having like emotional releases and able to start moving past because it is um, basically it's teaching your nervous system to be safe in a way that when we um, experience trauma, a lot of times our nervous system gets abrupted. Like um, I struggle with dissociation. So I, I will just straight up peace out if things are uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, all right, bye. Um, <laughs> but that's, we still experience the situation on a subconscious level. So a lot of people with trauma are, like I said before, carrying things that they might not even know that they're carrying. Um, and so taking care of like your physical vessel also it is insane the stuff that will unwind in your body um, that you didn't know like oh I had this pain in this portion of my body my whole life and then like I personally had an experience of I was getting a massage and I had a flashback and I just started bawling on the table and I could actually feel like the muscle releasing and it was this knot that I had for like years and years and years and lo and behold, it had some crazy connection to something that had happened to me in my past. And I was really blessed to have a therapist who was like great at holding space for that and said very kind things to me and helped me through it because it's incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> but um, so like I, I definitely think that something I am passionate about and want people to know is that you need to work on your whole self, like not just intellectualizing things um, because you can know something and not have it be like applied. You can't, you need to integrate it into your system. Um, and we're really complicated piles of like flesh and electricity and we were like computers essentially. And so you have to like figure out how to get that different programming in there. Um, and and that has been huge for me. So I, I do like regular yoga. Um, and I, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So I do energy work, which is not for everyone. I mean, it can be, but um, some people think it's like a little woo-woo, but that works for me. <laughs> I'm here for it. And then I, um, I've recently gone back to school for massage because I've become so passionate about what it's done for me that I would love to be able to help other people with that. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I would like to do like trauma specific work for, for people with like PTSD and things like I've experienced. And um, yeah, so that, that's been a cool adventure for sure. Um, what did you say that book was called? I'm curious. Yeah. I want to write it down. Yeah. So it is called the body keeps the score by Bessel B E S S E L Vanderkolk, and I think it's like V A N D E R 
C-A-U-L-K, perhaps. I'll figure if, it if out. If you Google but... it, yeah, it'll <laughs> fill it in. But, I'm just curious. I'm like, that sounds like something I would read. So. Yeah, it's great. I listened to it at the gym. It is like, fair warning, uh, very graphic. You, I, like, I tried to listen to it at home in the bath one day. I was like, this is not the place for <laughs> that because it starts off intense. Like, it is trigger warning, big trigger warning. It's going to talk about traumas. It, you have to be in a grounded place to be able to um, experience that. But, I found it very helpful. Um, it just it sort of reiterated some things that I'd experienced in my own um, path. And then I would like to mention also one aspect of my therapy that I'm doing now, I've been doing for the past maybe year or so, um, is EMDR therapy. And so that, that book is very um talked about in that community because it's showing again that we we store these things in our nervous system in our physical body um and that doing that therapy has been amazing it's um it's a lot and you need to take it slow like I don't recommend people just jump right in like have a good practitioner who knows how to keep you safe and not push you into a point where you're going to go too too deep but it it really um it's amazing what it can do to let you work through these things. Um, like I, I've even had physical, like re-experiencing of things. Like one, one trauma involved like alcohol use, right? I could taste like vomit in the back of my throat when I was doing the session because your senses are so strong that you can like hold the memory of that at the same time and you're almost re-experiencing it physically but in a way that you know you're also grounded and safe in the moment which can help you realize like cool I'm I'm not here anymore I don't need to hold this kind of panic and fear and um it's it's been a really helpful modality for me so I've always been really afraid to do that just because I don't want to relive everything yeah I mean I don't think it's for everyone um I I will say that there were areas where I felt really stuck and I knew that I needed to do something to get a little deeper but I've you know I've been on this really like self-awareness and um like mental health path I guess for about like 12 13 years um and that there were layers before I got to that point of being ready to do that or feeling like yeah there's something deeper because that's that's kind of what I've found with all this it's like a weird choose your own adventure book like as a kid I love those goosebumps pick your own adventure book I'm like oh that's okay we can make this fun right okay <laughs> let's find out why we are suffering um but yeah like there's no one way to getting better and that's as just why I like to talk about what has worked for me and preface with that won't necessarily right. be for everyone um I think it's very much up to the individual to figure out what's best for them and that's really the the key to all of it is like um being aware of your boundaries and your needs and not being afraid to to say like who you are and what you need I think is at the very core of getting to a good place with with your mental health. 
I'm also afraid to do EMDR because I don't <laughs> feel bad about it. My therapist actually mentioned it recently, and I'm just like, like oh, no. yeah, because like, yeah. there's even times I feel like even without therapy, where something will happen even years later, and it triggers something, and you're like, yeah. wow, I forgot all about that memory. Yeah. So I like I recognize that, and that's things that were happening to me too. Like basically, I the last couple years, I became painfully aware that I had a lot of sexual trauma. And like that had also been connected to me in denial of my queerness. Like, oh, hey, cool. Yeah, that's why, you know, I've I've always kind of felt confused in some type of way because I was put in a situation where it just wasn't aligning with who I was. And and that can be really confusing. Um but like I, ha- I was having a lot of physical pain in that area and also it was really getting in the way of me just being able to like connect with other humans the way that I want. And I was like, all right, dude, I think we got to go in there. We got we to gotta open that door and see what all is there. And it was a lot. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. But um, we are we are working through it in like bite-sized pieces. This person makes sure to keep me you know, very safe, not push me. Sometimes we take more than one session to get through one thing. And then we take breaks. We do regular, you know, talk therapy in between. We check in and we, she never rushes. She never pushes. It's all in my hands when I get to do it. Um, and it, it, it's weirdly relieving. Like I feel kind of like a deer, like after a really good run or something, like you're, you got all the stuff out, push all the toxins out of your body. (laughs) Like that's, I, those things, live in us you know whether we acknowledge them or not and sometimes they fester by not bringing them into awareness but all of that to to say is that that happens on your time you know and it's and and you also never have to it's it's completely up to you what you decide to do I just got to a point where I saw that I was kind of sick of my own shit and there were things that weren't moving through other ways so I was like well you gotta try a new approach and I've I've been really lucky to to find the correct practitioners and things for me and have access to that because I know that's something that not everybody has the ability to to do I I do twice weekly therapy or I'm sorry bi-weekly therapy I go twice a month and that has been huge for me to to have that resource like I don't I don't know what I'd do without it my therapist is the shout out (laughs) right that's really awesome to hear though that you know this has worked for you and that you know I know a lot of people are like hesitant and scared to go to therapy but that you're even saying that you know they're being very patient with you it's on your terms and it's it's working and it's helping you yeah and I mean it took me years to find a therapist that I felt was the right fit for me and it just it was kind of a serendipitous thing I walked into a clinic and landed with this person and they just the vibes were perfect I was like Mm -hmm. thank you you speak my language um we do a lot of mindfulness work um they do breath work and things with me like it it just hit and everybody's got something that you know a, a method that works best for them and so to anybody who's like looking for a therapist I encourage you to keep keep trying if you don't find the right fit I I saw handfuls of people before I found somebody that I could really stick with. And sometimes they were good just check-ins, like uh, placeholders. It might not have been the most 
amazing connection. They might not have been the right fit for me, but it at least made me show up for myself until I could find somebody who really was a great space to unwind all my stuff. So it can be a process, but it's it's worth it. Different strokes for different folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do got to say, I love your analogies that you've said today. Thank you. You've had quite a few of them, and I'm like, man, she's, she's <laughs> on one. I'm not even aware, <laughs> so thank you. That's, yeah, that's the interesting brains. They're, they're cool. <laughs> it's working, working real fast today. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I was legitimately afraid that I would come here and forget how to talk. <laughs> no, you've done really well. Awesome. Yeah, you, you have. Yeah, thanks for the ego boost. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, I deal a lot with, um, like, imposter syndrome um, with being neurodivergent. And so that's, it's hilarious. And it's nice to be told that you're, like, good at stuff. Because my brain is always like, oh, no, or am I doing it right? <laughs> but, um, I also, I think that something that I'm personally working on with that is, like, unmasking a little bit and just knowing that i I'm just going to be me and I will be weird and it will be fine. And the right people will find you. And if they don't understand you, that's, that's okay. And that's, that's been huge for me is deciding to not be a people pleaser anymore and just show up authentically. Um, Because, you know, it's quite frankly, it's been to the point where I did not want to be alive. It was unpleasant. Um, And instead of, you know, really like acting on that. I, I did take to heart that saying of like, well, if you want to kill yourself, just kill the parts of you that you don't like, or that don't fit you. Um, and I, I believe that for me, maybe not for everybody, but a lot of getting yourself into a, a better place mentally is un unbecoming. It's not like, you see a lot of like self-help stuff, which I'm, I'm a big consumer of, don't get me wrong, but a lot of that is sort of marketing to like you're missing something. And I think that that's a fucking giant lie that like you are exactly who you're supposed to be. And that the problem is that the world wasn't like giving you the right space to um, become that. Okay, so we were talking about like uh, instead of needing to become something more than what you are it's okay (laughs) um mostly like undoing the things that aren't aren't meant for you like the the roles that we have that we think we need to portray for other people um behaviors in every day you know I try to take stock regularly and like why why am I doing what am I doing is this good for me am I covering something up am I you know distracting myself from something and um sometimes I'm like really painfully self-aware and I think that that isn't always the greatest but I am good at recognizing patterns and things in myself and knowing like hmm this isn't this isn't working for me and I used to be really afraid of putting those things down you know especially if it meant somebody else's happiness but when it gets to the point where you don't want to exist anymore, you got to start getting ruthless and really like taking stock of what is fulfilling for you in your life. And it, you know, I've been 
many times in hopeless places and I still go there. Like I'm not going to lie and say that I don't have some really tough times, but now I try to think of it, you know, I'll have, I'll have a moment, I'll have a little breakdown. That's okay. Have a little treat. <laughs> a little <laughs> cry is a treat. Um, I cry a lot, actually. It's good for you. <laughs> it is good for you. <laughs> it's a good release. <laughs> yes, it's important. Um, but I I tried to take stock of those things of like, hey, you know, what's what in the, this is making me uncomfortable? What can I learn from this discomfort? about myself and about how I relate with my world and how can I adjust that, you know? And it is cool once you start noticing that of how can I show up for me and take care of me, which I'm still getting very used to, like being nice to myself is weird <laughs> af after many years of being very self-destructive, but it's very, very cool. You know, you, you kind of get to reparent yourself as they say and like, Think of yourself as like a silly little child, like, oh, it's okay. We made a mistake. Like mistakes happen. It's okay. Um, how can you work through that? And so yeah, I a lot of me finding my finding myself, I guess, was un undoing the things that I was told by society or, you know, people in my life. You you pick up little things from all your interactions over your life. And, and if people don't treat you well, you start to learn and expect that that's what you're s supposed to have, you know? And so getting to find out what really is what you want, um, you know, within reason, we don't want to do harm to other people, but it's a very valuable thing to sort of really become your authentic self, which again, I feel like I'm so blessed to know now, like who I am and that, that you know, it changes. We evolve, but like just knowing at my very core of like, huh, cool. I'm queer. That's nice. That feels really good. And <laughs> I'm neurodivergent. That feels really affirming. Um, and then get to find out how to take care of this person. And it's an adventure. As you said, you've had to like peel back these layers and like, I really like that you're like, you know, instead of giving up, I'm going to fix these parts of me. How has that affected, like, your relationships in your life? Like, I mean, um, anything, like, has that helped you become a better person to the people around you? I would hope so. I mean, I'd say maybe in the beginning it made me a real jerk <laughs> for a minute. because <laughs> well, you were going through a lot. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been a, a little hot mess for a while, and that's okay. But I do, I really do try to communicate that with people and explain like hey this is what's going on I I'm sorry and also just learning to be accountable for like hey I you know I acted out or I'm, I'm struggling with figuring out how to articulate myself and I'm sorry if that came out wrong um, but it has it has drastically changed things I mean relationships that were there you know romantic relationships have faded and and realizing that you outgrow certain situations and and not in a way that you're like yeah yeah fuck you get away from me like no it's it's very complicated to untangle those things like I was in a long-term relationship when I was figuring out who I was and the pain that I was carrying which I you know I I had many times that I kind of cycled back to those destructive behaviors I went back to some drug use and drinking, you know, within the past like 10 years, I had some relapses. Um, 
And a lot of times it was because I was carrying so much pain of like, I just feel like I'm off in my life. I feel like this isn't my life. Um, but oh shit, like I do care about these people, but I'm learning that like romantically, this isn't what I'm attracted to. Or there's, it, it wasn't necessarily an either or, it was just like a, oh wow, this has been missing in my life. Um, so I, I had to go through like a uncoupling with somebody um, who I still care very deeply about. And we, we co-parent a child together. Um, but it, you know, it's hard to watch that because it can hurt other people and you have to learn to just hold your, you know, that truth in you that, okay, these are some discoveries and I'm very sorry, um, but I have to honor them. And what I've learned through all of that, and I definitely don't want it to sound like I'm like painting myself like a perfect person because I know I've done harm to people like unintentionally in the past. I've hurt people because I, I wasn't being true with myself um, and really destructive behaviors would come out when I would drink um, just, you know, that trauma and, and being in the closet really came out and reared its head when I would get under the influence um, it's like those those little shadow parts of me would just show up and be like, we're fucking pissed. And like, why are you stuffing us down? And I would just, you know, wreak havoc because it felt good to let those parts of me out. So like now I'm learning to integrate those parts of me in a healthy way. Um, but yeah, it's it's been challenging to shift those relationships in your life because um, you can really love somebody and then realize that, you know, there's parts of me that are missing. I, I deeply realized that I needed to have a queer relationship as an adult person that like there was a deep grief in me. Like, you know, I'd hooked up with women throughout my life, but I was like, that's something we all do when we were drinking, right? <laughs> like, don't you also sleep with women when you are intoxicated? And then I was like, Oh, <laughs> Maybe it's pointing to something that I'm hiding, right? And so that's that's something that I had to make space for. But in my own experience, like I'm still in that transitional space mm -hmm. that I told myself I was going to take time with just me for a while. Like I'm dating me and learning who I am so that I can show up you know, with integrity for what might come. Um, but just freeing up the space for that has been really affirming. Like, uh, it's really weird to look at myself in the mirror now. And I'm like, ha, that is a queer person. Um, whereas before, like I look at old pictures of me and I was, you know, trying to fit into a mold that wasn't me. And it's weird because it's just little things. And, but how affirming it can be to carry yourself in that way. And I felt really cool the other day when I, somebody from one of my dating apps, because I'm starting to put myself <laughs> out there, was like, what do you mean you're newly queer? Like, you look very, like, you've done this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> I, that was very affirming. Like, yes, you look like this is you. <laughs> and that's how I feel now. I was like, hey, cool. Yeah, I, this feels like me. And, and that is such a relief to not have to put on a face, um, you know, to try to fit into somebody else's little box of who I am. So, oh, yeah. It's, it's an exciting adventure, but complex to uh, 
relate with the world that you've been living in. Like I see how I know people who have um, decided to like completely relocate or like just leave the old life behind completely, which is, you know, that I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That is probably offers its own challenges, um, but could be nice to like have a fresh slate, but having to like transition into a different version of yourself in the same place can be really hard. Um, but you just have to remind yourself every day why, why you're doing it. And that also by being your authentic self, you're actually respecting people around you. Like I, I will catch myself. Like I, I go into a fawn response a lot for people. I'm like, Oh, what would you like me to be? How can I posture myself so that you like me? Um, and then I have to reel it in and be like, stop that. Like, that's not, that's not fair to them. You're not giving them the real you. And it's, it's not up to you if they decide to take what you're serving up, but it's up to you to be authentic and eventually the right people find you. So that's my personal theory. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. You know, be authentic and the right people find you. I mean, I think it sounds like you learning to love yourself, you know, has made you a better person to be around. Yeah. I mean, I finally like being with me. So that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) For a really long time, I was like, she sucks. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would like to? Or like a lasting impression you'd like to put out there? Now there's pressure. So no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess like generally speaking, don't don't suffer alone. You know, reach out to someone if you don't feel that you have someone in your life. Like there's online communities, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, but you you do need to find a support system. I I did a lot of my work internally and on my own. I did a lot of research, I did a lot of reading. Um, but the thing that's helped me the most is finding support systems to help me. That's why things like this are so important to me that we're, we're vocalizing stuff. We're letting people know that it's normal and that there are ways that we can help each other. And, you know, that I guess the biggest thing I learned with struggling with uh, addiction and being, in, in a very low mental health place is that, um, you know, you're stronger than you know, and there's usually a cause behind that. Like, people are always so quick to speak poorly about those um, who struggle with addiction. Like, it's, you know, just such a simple fix that, you know, it's your pain is valid, um, but you are also so resilient and strong and and you're, you're worth it. And I know it's like, when people told me that when I was at my lowest, I w- would like laugh in their face. You know, it, it took a lot of work to get there, but it is true. You are, you are worth it and you, you deserve to be able to live, um, authentically. And, um, there's a, there's a place for you, you know, that was very well spoken. That was. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I know you were hesitant and you, you were scared to talk on here, but you did a really, really good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put you on the spot, right? <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> 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 
Back to that massage, though. <laughs> hey, so I'm starting clinicals. If you need a test dummy, I am here. Yeah, I hear, I hear I'm pretty good, so. <laughs> well, um, we really, really appreciate you coming on today, Laura. I know it's really, really hard to be vulnerable and, you know, talk about those things that are very hard to talk about. But I'm really grateful I got to hear your story. I'm glad that you got to go, you know, you got to be on here. And I'm really grateful that we have this platform to have a voice. You had told me years ago that, you know, this is where I would be. I would not have believed you. So I love that I get to come on here and hear other people's stories. Yeah, I know a couple months ago when we had first spoke about this, you were like super nervous about it. And you were like, (laughs) I don't think I want to do it. But now that you're on here, I'm really proud of you for coming on and telling your story because, it, I mean, it's great and you have a voice. Everybody has a voice and yeah. you used it. Thank you. You have been listening to the I Am Somebody podcast. If you are in a mental health crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988. You can also connect with a crisis counselor by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. In Hancock County, Ohio, you can call the crisis line at 888-936-7116. For Hancock County, Ohio residents, you can contact Focus Recovering Wellness Community at 419-423-5071. NAMI, Hancock County, can be reached at 567-525-3435. LGBTQ plus support can be found at LGBTQ plus Spectrum of Finley by emailing contact at Spectrum of Finley LGBT.org. Outside of Hancock County, use the internet to find local recovery community organizations or your local NAMI chapter. LGBTQ plus youth can call the Trevor Hotline for support at 866 488 7386. If you are a victim of domestic violence, Call 800-799-7233 or the Open Arms Hotline at 419-422-4766. If you are the victim of sexual assault, please call 800-656-4673. Marketing support was provided by Amber Keir of the Hysteria Company. I am your compare, Brooke Nissen. The song used is a Walk in the Light by Zach Fletcher and is used under permission of the copyright holder. This podcast was made possible by the support of Associated Charities, the Finley Hancock Community Foundation, the Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services, and donors like you. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our website at IamSomebodyPodcast.org. Thank you for listening. I am somebody.